Hello, everyone, and welcome to Late for Church, hosted by me, Casey. <laughs> um, in all seriousness, welcome to my podcast, Late for Church. Uh, I have recorded a lot of episodes, and I have not published any of them. Well, maybe one or two, but then I deleted them. Long story short, um, we're here. Uh, my idea of what I thought this would be was so much more different, I guess. And maybe it's not too late for that. But as of right now, um, we're here and we're just going to get right into it. Because if I sat here and tried to explain everything, we wouldn't get to why we're here. So, um, we're going to start with... Uh, a devo that or a devotional i'll call them devos that i did back in september of 2019 crazy right yes 2019 um and the title of it is get up and the scripture reference is um acts chapter 9 verses 1 through 43 um and so what we're gonna do is go through i guess i i have so many things written down that i feel like god wants me to share um and i guess i am taking this as a sign from god that i need to just use what i have you know um i find myself encouraging other people to use what they have and it's true like you don't need to buy a whole bunch of stuff it doesn't have to be perfect it doesn't have to be this it doesn't have to be that like yes be intentional yes want um things to you know look uniformed and not all over the place but perfection has been a part of the reason why i have procrastinated for so long because i wanted to look a certain way i wanted to feel a certain way um and god said you wasting time okay and we don't like to hear that type of stuff okay um so we're gonna get into it uh pardon me if i stutter or like mumble my words together i'm just going based off of what i wrote um and i just i honestly it just wrapped up um a devotional and i just started flipping through you know my notes and i'm like hmm, what is this one so yeah here we go so i said before i get into the actual actual devotional i want to talk about the men traveling with saul something that really stood out to me was how they stayed by him and led him to where jesus had called him all right so i guess all right y'all we gonna have to turn to Acts, cause, cause child, I don't, I ain't gonna lie to you, I don't remember what Acts chapter nine, verse one through forty three says. I don't, I don't remember. Mhm. Okay, okay. So we're just gonna go, we're gonna go through that. And yes, if you hear me flipping pages, that's me in my Bible because, um, I probably should know where the book of Acts is in the Bible, but I don't, off the top of my head. Okay. All right. So. Acts 13, 
I'm still turning, y'all. I get distracted. I don't know about y'all, but sometimes when I'm flipping through, I get distracted. And then sometimes God will have me flip through a page and I'll be in my feelings because I'm stubborn. I'm a very stubborn child of God. I don't know how many other children of God out there that feel that way. But yeah, I'm stubborn. I am not the one to be like, yes, Father. Yes. Let's... Let's do this thing. No, I have questions. Okay. My bad, y'all. We're almost here. Acts chapter 9. We can get to it. Say amen. Just kidding. <laughs> All right. So here we are. And we about, we about to read it. We about to read all of it. So hang on tight to your Bibles. All right, and this is coming from the New International Version. You know, some folk like to read from other versions, and that's cool. But we finna read from New International Version. Amen? Amen. So, here we are. Um, chapter 9, Acts chapter 9, verse 1 through 43. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there, any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. Verse 3. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Verse 5. Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into the Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named An- Ananias. Okay, Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. I will show him how much, how much he must suffer for my name. We, we don't want to do that. My goodness. That's not in the Bible. That's my commentary. y'all. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, this is verse 18, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. All right. Y'all still there? Hope you're still there. All right, because we just now on verse uh, 19. Saul spent several days with, disciple, with the disciples in Damascus. At once, he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the son of God. 
all those who heard him were astonished and asked, Isn't he the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on his name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priest? Verse 22. Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Christ. Verse 23. After many days had gone by, the Jews conspired to kill him. But Saul learned of their plan. Day and night, they kept close watch on the city gates in order to kill him. Child, I'll tell you the truth, because your enemies be waiting. You heard? But his followers took him by night and lowered him in a basket through an opening in the wall. When he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he really was a disciple. Sorry, y'all. Thinking. Okay, verse 27. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him, and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. Verse 29. He talked and debated with the Grecian Jews, but they tried to kill him. When the brothers learned of this, they took him down to. Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace. It was strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It grew in numbers, living in the fear of the Lord. All right, y'all, we almost done. Verse 32 As Peter traveled about the country, he went to visit the saints in, I think it's Lydda? Lydda? I don't, I don't, I'm trying to. Um, I'm trying to uh understand how to say these guys, these little words, y'all. Okay, there he found a man named and is it an Anias? I think it's Anias, y'all. Forgive me if it's not. Okay, y'all don't hold it against me, please don't, because I really don't know. Anias is Anias. Maybe that's what it is. A paralytic who had been bedridden for eight years. Verse 34. Aeneas, Peter said to him. Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and take care of your mat. Immediately, Aeneas got up. I'm not going to lie to y'all. I'm so distracted right now saying Aeneas because I don't know if that's the right name. And I'm just, y'all bear with me. I have ADD, okay? And I didn't take my medicine today, so, okay? Can we keep it real? We can keep it real. Cool. Okay. All those who lived in Lydda, Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. Okay, because we're doing a whole lot of jumping around, God. And y'all, okay. Verse 36. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha, which, which, when translated, is Dorcas. This is Greek. It means gazelle. Okay, so. Okay, so. That was at the bottom of the Bible. I didn't really know that, that it translated to, to gazelle. I really didn't know that. <laughs> who always who was always doing good and helping the poor okay so we're talking about tabitha all right y'all there's so many um people places and things going on right now okay verse 37 about that time she became sick and died and her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room Lydda was near joppa so when the disciples heard that peter was in in Lydda or Lydda, 
They sent two men to him and urged him, please come at once. Peter went with them, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the windows stood around him. All the widows, help me God, all the widows stood around him, crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. Peter sent them all out of the room. Then he got down on his knees and prayed. Turning toward the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes and seeing Peter, she sat up. He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. Then he called the believers and the widows and presented her to them alive. This became known all over Joppa and many people believed in the Lord. Peter stayed in Joppa for some time with a tanner named Simon. All right. So I don't really know why. All right. Now, y'all probably like, why did you read all of it? This this was a recommendation from my devotional. So, you know, I went on and did it. Um, It was kind of confusing, but here we are. All right. So I did that. Bim. Acts chapter 9, verse 1 through 43. All right. And again, the title of the devotional was Get Up. So here we are. Back to where I started. Before I get into the actual devotional, I want to talk about the men traveling with Saul. Something that really stood out to me was how they stayed by him and led him to where Jesus had called him. He was blind. Verse 8. Then hid him when people were plotting to kill him. Verse 25. Talk about your friends. Okay, loyal. Having the right people in your circle is important. Whoop. They led him in the direction in which he should go. And they were loyal enough to stand by him, even when they themselves didn't understand. And then I said, note to self, surround yourself around people who will have your best interest at heart. Okay. I'm learning that while you wait, while you want to have people around you that are fun and y'all have a lot in common, sometimes... It's what y'all have in common. That's what's holding you back. It's what's holding you back. Uh-oh. All right. No, okay, like I said, I'm going to... These are my notes, y'all, so they aren't grammatically correct. So we're going to run it back. I said, I'm learning that while you want to have people around you that are fun with a lot in common, sometimes it's the thing that y'all have in common is, is what's holding you back. Oh, oh, we don't want to talk about that. I know y'all are like, what are you talking about, Casey? Okay, like I say, I'm a stubborn child of God. And this devotional is from, from 2019. Like, these are things I wrote in 2019. <laughs> we don't want to hear it, God. There are some things you just don't want to hear. Okay. The level of comfortability is what's blocking you from moving forward. Oh, dang it. And I said, sucks, major, because why not be around folks that allow you to be yourself? While that's a major factor in any healthy relationship, you want to have people that accept you for you, but you also want people around you that see the higher you, the better you, the God in you, and you want people to be able to call you out in love and tell you where you're messing up. You want people around you that will guide you in the right direction and protect you when you can't see your way. Or, digging deeper, like Jesus' disciples, they were all different with unique perspectives, backgrounds, and personalities. However, they had one thing, the best thing in common, and that was Jesus. They held it down even after he was gone. Come on in. 
Two sidebars, okay. Peter was out here performing miracles on behalf of Jesus, which made me think about how many of us believers could and should boldly believe in the power of Jesus and know we can heal. Know that we can speak over someone's situation in the name of Jesus and see immediate healing, deliverance, etc. Okay, note to self. Also, Jesus had disciples who initially didn't know what they were getting themselves into, as did Saul. However, because these two individuals showed themselves to be good leaders, trustworthy, dependable, etc. They followed them and they each were immensely blessed, forever changed because they did so. AKA, we have a responsibility as followers and believers of Jesus to be to be leaders in his name. We have a responsibility to also be loyal, faithful followers. I said, I'm not going to lie. I'm not quite sure how sturdy of a follower disciple I would have been part Peter when he denied Jesus part whoever the one was that chopped that man's ear off that was Peter oh in part I think Thomas who wasn't quite sure that Jesus had died and came back (laughs) either way Jesus was worth following as was Saul once he got his life also to my first point be around people who will hold you down even after you change your ways and lifestyle sal did a complete 360 for the better and they supported that also i know i mentioned it before but let's talk about how god once again used the least likely wayward individual to preach to the people about his name and his works shout out to jesus also and i said the word immediately and that's highlighted After the Lord identified himself as Jesus, his first command to Saul was now get up. Because child, we don't like when he be telling us to get up. Sometimes we don't want to do that. In the latter part of chapter 9, there are two accounts where Peter issued the command, get up. In the first, Peter instructed Aeneas, the paralytic, and Lita to get up and take care of your mat. After declaring Jesus Christ heals you. That's verse 34. In Joppa is much as much beloved, a much beloved saint named Tabitha had died. Peter went upstairs to her room where she was. Now these are these are notes from the actual devotional. Um and I'm okay, so the devotion is coming from the New Women's Devotional Bible. Uh in um, I don't. They probably still make this Bible. I'm sure you can get it on Amazon. Amazon got everything, child. Um. So yeah, and this is on page 1335 for those who are inquiring about which devotional I'm reading out of. So these are quotes. I don't want to take any credit for that. Um. After he knelt and prayed, he turned toward the dead woman and said, "Tabitha, get up." That's verse 40. The Greek phrase "get up" has several meanings. It can be used in the sense of waking someone from sleep or rising from a, a prone position as one who is ill. The deeper meaning is profound. It is the same root word used for resurrection, meaning to arise from the dead. Saul, Ananias, and Dorcas were trapped in different realms of death. That's a word. Um... The first was sin, which is Saul. Saul was trapped in sin. Aeneas was trapped in, uh, I guess not trapped, but in paralysis and 
Tabitha gave Dorka physical death. That required resurrecting powers. They heard the words get up and responded with immediate obedience. Ooh, we don't like that. Immediate, immediate obedience. Because, child, we like to um delay a little bit. And I know the seasoned saints may be like, that is just so immature. You right. But we keeping it real, okay? Because somebody need to feel like you ain't the only one that be delaying. All right? Sis, sis is me. Okay, I delay sometimes. I'd be a little scared. Like I said, I have questions. Or what are you doing? I don't question him like that. But in my head, in my heart, he knows. Like, look at her down here. She got all these dot, 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 question marks, right? <laughs> the Lord be texting me like, you need to do X, Y, Z. And in response, it'd be a little bubble with the three dots in the middle. Like, what is she saying right now? Like, she, because she really just should have said, okay, Lord. But she over here got an explanation as always. All right. <laughs> so one of the questions that they posed was, do you feel spiritually asleep? Maybe even dead. Word. As a wise person wants counsel, just move your feet and God will guide you where to go. Ooh, come on, Jesus. But first you have to get up. All right. So I said, this devotional was much needed. There were a lot of things that were going through my head as I read getting up. Getting up is tough, it's ugly, uncomfortable, sometimes inconvenient, it's hard, it's painful, and nine times out of ten, it feels impossible. I must say, it's more appealing and attractive to get up if you've been sick and the doctor said you wouldn't make it. Not to say it's easier, it just feels better when perhaps you see the benefit of getting up. Oh my gosh, who am I? But that's so true, come on Casey. Getting up after being sick is beautiful. It means you can get back to your routine, daily life, etc. However, getting up when you feel stuck slash trapped in sin or a lifestyle habit can feel hopeless, like a lost cause. While I place emphasis on the word immediately, realistically, sometimes it doesn't always happen that way. If my walk with Jesus has taught me anything, it's been that getting up sometimes looks like and feels like the same thing every single day. Sometimes getting up means choosing to try and try and try some more. Just a little bit every day. Woo. Woo, 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 woo. Because if we're keeping it real right now, I feel that way. Um, I feel that way right now. Wow. Try and try and try some more. Just a little bit every day. Getting up when you're sick or stuck in your own vicious cycles may look like cursing out one less person than the day before. Amen. Sometimes getting up looks like having one less drink than you did the weekend or day before. Getting up may be paying one extra bill that you've been avoiding the month before. Because I realized and accepted that it can't always happen overnight. And then I have to do... And, I, and that I have to want to get up every day, which is why Jesus says to take up your cross daily, which is why it's new mercies that we see every day. On the days I simply wanted to lay in bed and die, I'd get up. I didn't have a choice. Them bills had to get paid. But all jokes aside, I had to choose to get out of bed and go to work. The first step was getting up, literally putting my feet in motion and leaving the rest up to Jesus because he knows if it were up to me, I'd still be in bed. Whew. 
Some days were tough, especially during the season of depression, anxiety, and suicidal thoughts. I'd get to work some days and cry in the bathroom on the floor or toilet. (laughs) But God carried me through every single hour, every minute. He was only able to do so because I'd made that one choice to get up and get out of bed. I know that for some reason, I know that for some reason, you aren't able to go to a job or maybe you're physically unable to do so. However, I believe that there's something that you can move mentally, spiritually, emotionally. Okay, and we're back. So I left off at, I said we're back because I had to take a little break. Um, And I didn't want to record a whole new episode. Like, that's ridiculous. So we're back. Um, And I stopped at, I know that for some, you may not have a job to go to or be able to go to a job. Or maybe you're physically unable to do a lot of things or to do so however i believe that there are some things that you can move and there are some things that you can do mentally spiritually emotionally i truly believe that a lot of any physical handicap or limitation begins with the mind now i'm not talking about individuals who were born disabled or what have you because those are real those are real things all right and that's not to discredit that at all or minimize the the challenges that come along with that um But I said, if you break it down, down and think about what you're doing right now, whatever it is, it requires some sort of mental ability. Your mind is telling your eyes to blink, your foot to tap, your heart to beat, your lungs to work. Now mentally tell your brain that you don't want to blink. Stop tapping your foot. In an instant, it stopped, right? How powerful. That sounds so monotone and boring. (laughs) Um, But we're reading, so... Now, imagine using that same technique with a habit or whatever you're stuck in. Imagine saying, put that extra drink down or go to the gym today. Walk for five minutes. Okay, perhaps I could find better examples. Again, this isn't saying it will all just happen overnight. And regardless of your physical capabilities, somewhere within you, somewhere within you have to say, get up today, right now. And trust and believe that Jesus will be right there holding your hand. I'm sure in these stories about those who were told to get up, there was some sort of recovery process. I'm sure that there were still some remnants of debris from whatever it was. However, they all did and took the first step, and that was to get up. There are moments when I still fall, and there are days when I could spiritually get up, out of a mindset of doubt, worry, fear, etc., but choose to lay there. There are still days where I could get up out of bad habits, but I choose to stay in that place. It's a process and it requires effort and intentionality. Perhaps the dopest part of it all is that Jesus is there. In it all, when I'm wallowing in self-pity, when I'm discouraged about choices or circumstances, he's there. Um, and I wrote Luke chapter 9, verse 54. He's there, whispering, try again tomorrow. And I've found that it works, that he's that it works and that he's faithful. All I have to do is desire to get up and make the smallest step and he'll carry me the rest of the way. 
If you're sick, regardless of what the doctor says, you have to want to be healed. You have to believe you can be healed. Disclaimer, every every person and situation is different and solely based on the will of God. Amen? Amen. However, if he doesn't show up how you thought he'd show up, there's always a blessing greater than what you hope for. And then I said, it's not. this is not always an easy pill to swallow because it's not. Getting up is a choice every day. You can't compare your story slash struggle slash deliverance and time and give it all to anyone else but your own. That's the trick of the enemy. He's petty as hell and is, I wrote that. <laughs> know that he, Satan, will not make it easy for you. He will try and throw curveballs to discourage you or distract you. Rebuke it. Stay aware and keep your eyes and mind on Jesus. Ask him to help you get up every day, even after you failed, after you cursed someone out and said you wouldn't. <laughs> invite him in and ask him for help even after you had sex when you know you could have uh what is this word could have okay sorry knew you could have avoided it or made the conscious choice to not go or allow them to come over during the season of getting up and falling down hourly lol i've i found that venturing venting my frustrations or concerns or repentance immediately after has made a difference in the past i'd screw up screw up again and eventually consume myself and allow the devil to convince me that i shouldn't or couldn't go to god about it because he was disappointed again all lies while the lord does get disappointed or is angered by some of our actions or a lot of our actions i know and believe he simply wants the best for us just as bad if not more than we do so choose to get up every day every hour fall and bounce back it's painful but so worth it be patient with yourself be patient with jesus because while you may not see him working it out he's working it out though you may not feel him healing you or delivering you just know that he is it's possible to get up and you will get up And then I put a little note down here that say, also, sometimes you just need to wake up. Minimal effort, acknowledgement. And, and I believe for me, that's where my transformation began and continues. Simply waking up and recognizing what God was trying to do. The work that needed to be done, etc. You have to wake up to get up. Sometimes Ooh, you have to wake up to get up. Hmm. A word. Um, NK. And so, let's see what else. Oh, and I said, also know why you want to get up. It helps. However, sometimes knowing where you're at isn't it, simply put. That's a good why. However, sometimes knowing where you're at isn't it. So, basically, I was saying, like, sometimes just knowing that where you are in your life right now is just not it. And maybe that's just a good enough why you want to get up. Um, and then we went over to the references, the Bible references that they had. So the first one was First Kings chapter 19, um, verse 4 through 5 and verse 7. I have had this is verse 4. I have had enough, Lord, he said, take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under a tree and fell asleep. All at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. 
verse 7, the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. And then um, I throw a little arrow down her that said, um, well, I highlighted for the journey is too much for you. And then an arrow below says, we need the bread of life, the word of God for our strength, because without it, the journey is too much for us. When we're down and out, done and over life, the bread of life is the only thing that will sustain us on this journey called life. Y'all, when I tell you, sometimes I really don't be knowing, like, who wrote this stuff. Because it, it was just God and I was a vessel. Because, child, when I tell you, over this, I get over these past couple of years, like, my gosh. Like, between 2019 and now, like, what? <laughs> who are you, sis? Like, I guess it makes me feel like. There's no way I said these things because of where I'm at right now in my life, you know, in this season. It's kind of dark, um, a little confusing, a little scary because God is calling me to step out of my comfort zone. And this is something that's out of my comfort zone, um, to be completely honest. Because for the longest, I, I won't say I've hidden behind Facebook, but, you know, I just... I just like the sense of privacy. Like, I like a sense of, like, people just not knowing, like... It's not that serious, but sometimes I feel like it is, like, to protect yourself and just your well-being and your mental health and all that, like, keeping folks out your business and whoop the whoop. Um, so, yeah, um, here we are. And just being transparent, like, what? Because reading this and how I feel right now is like, huh? It's not that easy. It's not that easy, you know? Um... But here we are. So, and then I put another blurb. When Jesus was at the well with the woman and the disciples asked if he'd eaten. And he said, I know a food that you don't know of or can't see. Okay, that it wasn't. Okay, I said record scratch. Let me not quote Jesus without fully knowing what he said. <laughs> For real. <laughs> But I think, I don't know, I don't remember where that was in the Bible, but we're we going to get back to it. Um, So, but also, okay, let me not, okay, but also the scripture, a uh, man cannot eat on bread alone. Okay, so, yeah. That scripture too. Also, let's talk about how the Lord has been dealing with coming through for and loving on people who are depressed or suicidal. He ain't new to this. He's true to this. Bloop calling him. Um, because I don't know who was in Kings telling him that you know he's no better than his ancestors to take my life. Like, come on now, y'all. I mean, so not all of us. Some of us acting like suicidal thoughts is just new. Like that's not new. It's a whole lot of folk back then that wanted to go. Okay? Um, and we're going to touch on that later on. Um, so here we are. Matthew chapter 9 verse 5. Jesus heals a paralytic. Uh, and uh, this verse 5 is, 
Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? Jesus said that. He said that in verse 5. <laughs> he said, which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? Then he said to the paralytic, get up and take your mat and go home. And then I have a side note that says, write your gifts out, start using them. I don't know why I wrote that. Acts 12, verse 7, quick, get up. And the chains fell off. Angel of the Lord to Peter in prison. Okay. And then I said another sidebar. It's scary imagining life after getting up, after choosing to try and let go of anything or everything that was holding you down, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, or physically. It's tough because you've grown accustomed to whatever it is, even if it's unhealthy, toxic, etc. I know one of my current struggles is accepting peace and happiness, choosing not to worry or doubt, because that's what I've done my whole life. And no matter how beneficial it is to think different, slash respond different, sometimes the pain or toxicity feels better for the moment. Interesting. Um, Bible gem, Luke chapter 9, verse 49 through 56. <sighs> um, verse 50. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Just believe and she will be healed. That's a piggyback for Devo. Also, I can relate to and understand what it feels like to be so overwhelmed and consumed by the recovery process or things that need to be done that you'll scare yourself into paralysis. But that doesn't mean the situation is dead or hopeless because mm, that's relatable. I can relate to and understand what it feels like to be so overwhelmed and consumed by the recovery process or things that need to be done that you'll scare yourself into paralysis. Because mm, I literally just wrote that at, at my most recent, like my most recent devotion today. Um, Luke chapter 9, verse 52. Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her. Were, were wailing and mourning for her. Sometimes those you love or people around you will see or whatever you're facing, see you or whatever you're facing as hopeless or dead. You need to remain hopeful and claim victory. Stop wailing, Jesus said. She's not dead, but asleep. They laughed at him knowing that she was dead. That's verse 43. What they know and you know as facts or evidence is nothing to be compared to what Jesus says and sees. Uh-oh, come on, Dean Word. Verse 54. But he took her by the hand and said, my child, get up. Her spirit returned to her at once. And we're wrapping up Acts 22. Um, and then I said, no, this is Saul's version of the road to Damascus. And now, what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, and wash your sins away, calling on his name. That's Acts 22. Hold on, let's see, because we was back here in um, Acts 9. Y'all, so we need to go to 22. Okay, here we go. 
chapter 22 verse 16 and now what are you waiting for get up be baptized and wash your sins away calling on his name okay so this was and that's the thing that sometimes confuses me with the word because he's giving his account now but we already done been through what he you know we read we read about his deliverance before we we knew the whole story if i'm not mistaken because that might be a word too honestly it might be a word we read about the initial encounter in the deliverance right because we talked about so okay back here in acts 9 it says saul spent several days with with the disciples in damascus at once he began to preach in the synagogues that jesus is the son of god all right so all right and then we go to here in chapter 22 And so Paul uh, and Saul, Saul, Sorry, y'all got, got, got caught up again. Um, trying to trying to figure out where we at and how it all pieces together. Okay, cause let's talk about it. Cause people be out here acting like they just know everything and how it all came together, and sometimes they don't. And so we we figuring it out. Okay. Mm, and that's powerful, though. So Paul is, Saul is, Paul is, because y'all know that Saul is now Paul at this point. Um, And I think that's what I'm trying to find now. Uh, But Paul is basically saying, like, I persecuted the followers of this way to their death, arresting both men and women and throwing them into prison. It's also the high priest and all the council can testify. I even obtained letters from them to their brothers in Damascus and went there to bring these people as prisoners to Jerusalem to be punished. All right. And so we're in chapter 22, verse six. About noon, as I came near Damascus, suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed around me. I fell to the ground and heard a voice say to me, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? I asked. I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Verse 9, my companions saw the light, but they did not understand the voice of him who was speaking to me. 
Verse 10, what shall I do, Lord? I asked. Get up, the Lord said, and go into Damascus. There you will be told all that you have been assigned to do. My companions led me by the hand into Damascus because the brilliance of the light had blinded me. A man named Ananias came to me. He was a devout observer of the law and highly respected by all the Jews living there. He stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very moment, I was able to see him. Then he said, The God of our fathers has chosen you to know his will and see the righteous one and to hear words from his mouth. You will be his witness to all men of what you have seen and heard. And now what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, and wash your sins away, calling on his name. When I returned to Jerusalem and was praying at the temple, I fell into a trance and saw the Lord speaking. Quick, he said to me, leave Jerusalem immediately because they will not accept your testimony about me. Lord, I replied, these men know that I went from one synagogue to another to imprison and beat those who believe in you. And when the blood of your martyrs... Stephen was shed I stood there giving my approval and guarding the clothes of those who were killing him then the Lord said to me go I will send you far away to the Gentiles I mean honestly it's a lot going on okay but here we are so yeah this concludes my first jumbled up um devotion slash podcast episode i hope that it made sense if it didn't sorry excuse me excuse me y'all um yeah so be encouraged get up if you can't get up right now figure out why getting up is better than laying where you are and sometimes that's hard because honestly i just written in my um journal prior to flipping to the very front of it and coming to this and being reminded of this like i was just talking about how overwhelmed i felt how stuck i felt how i felt like it was just pointless to even try to get up to even try to do anything because i felt like it was too late i felt like um i feel like you know it's like you're on your way back lord like what am i trying again for like what am i getting up again for you know like of course when you're trying to do the will of god you're going to be tested you're going to be attacked um and you won't you won't be defeated of course but it's still like discouraging because it's like okay we bounce back from this this one this time but like what's next you know and you can't focus on what's next um you want to feel like it's going to be all right you want to feel like that lingering sense of doom that's over your head is just a thought um but what if it isn't all of that all of those things have been crossing my mind lately and so um this really encouraged me and i hope that it encourages somebody else um it reminds you them whoever that it's not an easy journey you know um and that it's okay to fall and it's okay to feel how you feel and um god is working on what i don't know how 
he's going to make it all happen? I don't know. I don't. And I know that's not our job to figure out how or when or any of that. But, yeah. Bada bing, bada boom. So, late for church. Tune in. Until next time. (laughs) Be blessed.